Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Dee Bowers of Exposing Truth Ministries in Houston, Texas. Our ministry's mission is exposing the truth by exposing the lies of Satan. In this podcast, I want to discuss another reality that is biblical. But people dismiss or reject due to false teachings, lack of knowledge, or just plain unbelief. The subject is curses. Can we be cursed? Curses have been around since the beginning of man and was spoken by God himself on mankind. Throughout the Old Testament, people are cursed and blessed. God spoke to us as to why people were cursed, and he told us how long the curse could remain active in the generations to come. For for those that say Jesus took all curses away when he died on the cross, that is not the case. Jesus broke the curse of the 613 Mosaic laws. He redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. How did he do that? He took the penalty for us. The penalty was death for us breaking the law. For those of you who are not familiar with curses, a curse can be any expressed form of adversity or misfortune. It can be attached to one or more persons, a place, or an object. A curse can be a form of pronouncement made by an individual and made effective by supernatural or spiritual power, or It can be misfortune caused by sin in a prior generation. Again, other than curses from God, we can be cursed by others, have curses that pass from generation to generation, and believe it or not, we can curse ourselves. Many people ask, how do I know I am cursed? Well, I don't have an easy answer for that one but it can be categorized by any one or more of the following. Financial hardship, pain, grief, affliction, nuisance, despair, misfortune, torment, terror, mental illness, hindrance, stumbling blocks, basically anything that is unpleasant and steals your joy and your peace. If there are repeated failures, whether occurring on one's job, your home life, or your personal walk with the Lord, it can be attributed to a curse. Maybe there are areas of repeated struggles that you have not been able to overcome, or even patterns of behavior that may have no direct cause by anything that you have personally done. Other signs may be health issues or certain sin behavior that is repeated from generation to generation. It can be seen as a power that oppresses you, hold you back, or the root behind compulsive behaviors and habits. Anyone that is familiar with curses will ask certain questions to ascertain the source of the adversity. Curses are real. Except for curses from God, Curses from others and self-inflicted curses can be removed once the source has been identified or revealed by the Holy Spirit. 
But I must stress, nothing is done without the Lord. People go to shamans or psychics for help with curses without realizing that is against the Lord and only causes more negative spiritual activity. The most prevalent reason that people deny curses is because of unbelief. Some church leaders also teach that Christians cannot be cursed. A lot of people claim that there are two verses in the Bible that say we cannot be cursed. The one used the most is Proverbs 26, 2. Here is what it says. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. The question is, who determines whether it is deserved or not? God is loving, but he is also just. Those that use this scripture as evidence are basically saying that we may not deserve a curse. And that statement is totally against God's word. For God says that we are unclean and all our righteousness is as filthy rags. We all sin and deserve consequences, but we have a God that gives us unlimited mercy and grace. Can anyone truly say that they are without sin, therefore undeserving for any curse or consequence? The second scripture people use to prove we cannot be cursed is Galatians 3.13. People interpret it to say that when Jesus died, he took away all curses. Well, let's look at it and see what this scripture really says. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So what does it really say? He redeemed us from what? He redeemed us from the curse of the law. It says a specific curse, not all curses. Also consider we will all stay under the first curse spoken by God until we die. If Jesus redeemed us from all curses, why are we still under the curse from Adam? As for the reference to being cursed if hanging on a tree, that is from Deuteronomy 21. The law taught that when condemned criminals were hanged on a tree, it was a sign of them being under the curse of God. Also, that reference is also a prophecy of the way the Savior would die to bear the curse for his people. So exactly what is the law Jesus redeemed us from? The law is the Ten Commandments and the ceremonial and social rules God gave his people to live by. These laws include various sacrifices, offerings, dietary laws, facts about leprosy, and how to treat family and others. The Old Testament says, Cursed is everyone who does not live by everything written in the book of the law. The law was actually a curse upon all mankind 
because it demanded perfection. No one could possibly fulfill its requirements. The results were that everyone was cursed or everyone committed sin, which was death until Jesus took the penalty and died for our sins. Many people say we are not under any laws. But Jesus says, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. This must be confusing for those that say we have no laws because of Jesus. How does that no laws doctrine line up with what Jesus says? Jesus says we are not under the penalty of breaking the laws because the penalty has been paid. We no longer die for these sins because we now live under grace. But does that mean that the laws are obsolete? No, it does not. Jesus fulfilled the laws that separated the Jews and the Gentiles from being united. These were the ceremonial and social laws. The Ten Commandments are still in place and are repeated throughout the New Testament. Jesus said that not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. And whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. I don't think that needs any interpretation. But for those of you who have been taught that we are not under the law, wise up because there is damnation for those that teach this false doctrine. Call it whatever you like, but the Ten Commandments are still in force. And we still have consequences for sin, even though we are under grace. Let's look at some of the examples of the laws that were abolished. One of them was, we could not eat meat that had any blood. Another was, every male had to be circumcised or cut off from his family. And this one, I'm sure many of you are happy that it doesn't apply anymore. It says, no tattoos or marks on your body. Before Jesus, if any of these were broken, you were cursed or killed. There are many laws that are still in force because they fall under one of God's commandments or precepts. For example, bestiality was a sin in the Old Testament. But people say, oh, it was abolished because it was not in the Ten Commandments. That is not true because this sin covers the commandment about sex without marriage, which is a sin in God's eyes. Now that we have broken down the two scriptures used to deny curses, <laughs> let's look at the types of curses. The very first curse was proclaimed by God on mankind when Adam and Eve chose sin over obedience. The original sin is not the sin itself, but is the results of the sin. A curse was placed on the whole world and it is a curse called a fallen nature 
and it has separated us from God. We know that curses from God cannot be broken by us, but he has shared with us other curses that can be broken with repentance. There are three types of curses that we can break. We can break generational curses, self-imposed curses, and curses by others. Generational curses are judgments of God that are passed down to individuals because of the sins of their forefathers. They are similar to the original sin curse because it can be passed down from generation to generation. These curses can bring bondage, pain, sorrow, and shame during a person's lifetime. They take away our quality of life and can sometimes bring physical death. There are seven scriptures about curses in the Old Testament being passed through the bloodline. Let's look at one of them. Exodus 25, it says, You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. In this scripture, the Lord is actually discussing one of the Ten Commandments. The them in this verse is about idols. He says we are not to have any other gods before him. A god could be a demon. It could be your job. It could be false religion. It could be statues. Any item or person that you put before God. Many of us are guilty of this sin today let alone our ancestors. This is the first commandment. This scripture uses the word iniquity as it relates to sin. He says that he forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will not leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Yes, God is love. But again, he is also a just God. Let us read one more of these scriptures about iniquity and forgiveness. It says in Numbers 14, verse 18, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations. Before we break this down, you need to understand the word iniquity. Iniquity is a weakness, a predisposition towards something contrary to God that is passed along from generation to generation in a family. Sin is a direct rebellion against God's word while iniquity is a weakness for the sin. To be direct, this is how I view it. An iniquity is a spirit that is passed from one generation to the next. So let's look at that scripture again. God says he can forgive the inclination, propensity, evil doing, and the sin, but it will be punished with the spirits of the fathers visiting the children 
grandchildren, and family to the fourth generation. This statement is in both Exodus and Deuteronomy. Sin that is passed from one generation to another is considered a curse. Many teachers and preachers will tell you that generational curses do not exist. The problem is there is scripture that states differently and none to refute or indicate God changed his mind about curses. There is actually a scripture that says God does not change. Just because someone changes or creates a narrative for scripture, that does not make it true. Any true deliverance ministry will testify about generational curses because the Lord has exposed the spirits or exposed the sin. In our ministry, I can truly state that some of our clients were not set free from spirits until we renounced and repented for the sin of prior generations. Although God spoke about curses being passed from generation to generation, people use other scriptures like Ezekiel 18 verse 20 to contradict what he spoke. The problem again is misinterpretation. God does not contradict himself. If you read a verse that seemed to contradict another, one of the scriptures under review, you may not understand or you have interpreted incorrectly. There is a scripture where God says he will not kill the father for the sins of the son, nor kill the son for the sins of the father. A curse is about suffering consequences for sin, not about killing. The scriptures used to refute the iniquity and visitation for four generations. One of them is Ezekiel 18.20. And this is what it says. The person whose sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. Then there's Deuteronomy 24 verse 16 that says, fathers shall not be put to death for their sons, nor shall sons be put to death for their fathers. Everyone shall be put to death for his own sin. See, both of these scriptures are about death, not punishment. People that use these to dispute generational curses have not discerned the word of God. Let me give a few examples of curses our ministry have helped break in families. We don't always discover details, but many times a spirit or the Holy Spirit will reveal the source of the curse. A family line may be cursed because there were blood sacrifices, which believe it or not is still happening today in cults. There might be a curse because there were idol worshiping, which is worshiping demons. And today that still occurs. There may be a curse in the family because of murder, including killing or hanging another individual. We also have pedophiles in the family line, and that's sexual feelings toward children. And we have discovered that it runs in generations in a family. 
The good news about curses is they can all be broken. God wants repentance for sin. Being sorry about what you've done or what your ancestors has done does not satisfy his expectations. Repentance is about changing and removing the sin. Now let's look at self-inflicted curses. None of us in our right mind would knowingly wish ill on ourselves. People don't realize the power of the words out of our mouths. We can actually curse ourselves or others with words that we speak. We create self-imposed curses on ourselves when we speak or agree with words spoken over us that, that don't agree with what God has said. We have a scripture that says, and it's in James 3.10, from the same mouth come both blessings and cursings, curses. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. See, idle words can open the door to demons. If we speak ill of ourselves, whatever we speak can manifest. In my podcast series, The Evil Around Us, we discuss how spirits are around looking for a legal right to inflict or attack us. Remarks like, I am sick and tired of, could open the door to sickness and being tired. These are not words that the Lord speaks over us. You may not have meant it literally, but the idle words were spoken and they were heard. We also need to be careful with words concerning death. A comment that seems innocent as, I almost died laughing, could very well be an invitation to a spirit of infirmity or death. Death is a dark, evil power, and we are foolish to take it lightly. Some people teach that we can speak and ask for anything we want, and it will manifest. But you know what? God is not a genie. When we believe and trust in him, and it is, it is, it is his will for our lives, it will manifest. But guess what? Not in our time, in his time. I had a friend that told me to write a check even though there was no funds in the bank. She said, trust God and he will put the money in the bank. I looked at her and I told her, God gave me common sense. And what I hear him saying to me right now is to use it. We cannot use God as a genie. We cannot speak a word and expect for God to manifest and Give us what we've asked for. It's all about his will and his timing and doing our part to pray and ask for it. Okay, let's talk a little bit about witchcraft curses or curses by others. The power of witchcraft is an external attack unless you have opened the door through communication, idolatry, or rebellion. A witchcraft curse can have the power to control, manipulate, and dominate in a relationship, a marriage, in a ministry, in your family, or even in your employment. The power of a witchcraft curse works like prayer, but their intent is to do harm. They request and loose evil spirits for harm and destruction. Stay away from palm readers, psychics, Shamans, etc. 
and never give any of them a personal object, including a picture. They could very well use your picture or your personal objects to bring harm and pain into your life. Why are so many people so easily led to witchcraft? Well, other than to cause harm to someone, many people believe that if, if, if there is something spiritually positive, then it has to be from God. They forget that Satan is a deceiver and masquerades as an angel of light. For those that do not know the powers of Satan, he does have the power to perform healings and to cause illness. God forbids this involvement and will allow your life to be turned upside down if you seek these people for knowledge and help. We open the door to spiritual attacks when we get involved in cults and in the occult or worship of pagan gods. Curses are real and must be considered when we have repeated adversity in our lives. We need to stop listening to people that make God out to be this genie that exists to please and that you really have no consequences for your sins. I pray that this podcast has blessed you and opened your eyes to one of many false doctrines taught concerning curses and the word of God. Continue to join us as we expose more of the lies of Satan and the truth of the gospel. If you would like to receive teachings, emails, and notifications, go to our website at www.exposingtruth.org. Subscribe and like our podcast. We also ask that you support this ministry. Deliverance Ministries are not supported by traditional grant organizations, nor by those that don't believe. Stay awake and informed. And again, keep us alive through your support. This is Pastor Deep Bowers with Exposing Truth Ministries.